him here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. The Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring as Sir Percy Blakeney. Clouds of war were gathering rapidly over the English Channel. Although Citizen Chauvelin continued to pay occasional diplomatic visits from Paris to London, I was aware that he was expected as a visitor to a court reception given by the Prince of Wales. But as the hour grew late, he still hadn't appeared. Dear me, Sir Percy, I must say you're not being very attentive. You haven't heard a word I've said. Oh, I beg your pardon, Lady Ford. Just looking about for Tony Dewhurst and a few other friends. Oh, bother your friends. Pay attention to me. I was telling you about the Marchioness of Vaughan. Oh, well, what about her? Uh, have you met her? No, no, I haven't had the pleasure. Then you must. My goodness, she had the most harrowing time escaping from France. Well, <laughs> she couldn't have had any help from that uh, dratted Pimpernel, or she wouldn't have said that I was he. Oh, no, the Pimpernel didn't rescue her. Some of her old servants were loyal. One of them had risen to a position of prominence in the new government. And they conspired to free her. Come, I'll introduce you. Very well. If she invites you to visit her, you must accept. Her rooms are positively fabulous, you know. Such furnishings and paintings. The French know how to live, you know. Yes. According to the latest reports from the guillotine, they also know how to die. (laughs) What a dreadful thing to say. Here she is. Good evening, madam. Why, my dear Lady Ford. Good evening. I wanted you to meet Sir Percy Blakeney. Ah, I've told him what you've been saying about him. I rather think he'll convince you that you're mistaken. Well, good evening, Sir Percy. Marchioness. Well, now that you two are acquainted, I'll leave you to discuss the Scarlet Pimpernel. Oh, I say. Can't we find another topic? Well, you try. Oh, excuse me. I think I see my husband. Don't forget, I am expecting you for tea on Thursday, my dear. I shan't. I... uh... I hope I haven't distressed you, Sir Percy. Uh, in, in what manner, madam? I thought that the knowledge of the identity of the Pimpernel was as wide in London as it has become in Paris. Really? Oh. I can't imagine where you ever got the idea that I might be. Oh, please. You need not make any denial. My escape from France was arranged by a former servant who has risen to be a member of the Chamber of Deputies. For his protection, I have sworn never to reveal his name, but he was close to Citizen Chauvelin. And he was told of you by Chauvelin. I, I see. At one time, attempts were made to contact you in my behalf. Uh, we uh, made attempts to find you, too, and your husband. But your names never appeared on any list of condemned. Your husband... Was shot. Killed in cold blood when he resisted troops Chauvelin sent to arrest him. He was a noble man. One of the few real men I have ever known. It has made it difficult for me to reconcile myself to fate, Sir Percy. To think that such a man can die while others like Chauvelin live. Yes. And there he is, large as life. Who? Chauvelin. Just came in. Chauvelin? Here? Didn't you know he was expected? No, monsieur, I did not. If you think by choice I would find myself in the same room with my husband's murderer, you are... Please don't distress yourself, madam. 
Because I'm afraid Citizen Chauvelin is coming this way to pay his respect. To speak to me? He would not dare. I'm afraid he would. And will. Ah, my dear friend, Sir Percy. Ah. And the Marchioness de Vannes. How nice that you know each other. But then, when the Marchioness suddenly disappeared, I might have known that the Scarlet Pimpernel was responsible. I think you'd better move on. Find other company, Citizen Chavalon. This lady... Oh, no. Let the citizens stay. For a moment. I have something to say to him on behalf of my late husband. And what might that be? This, you swine. The Marchioness had risen as she spoke, but her small hand lashed out and stung color into Chauvelin's face. The sound of a slap brought a sudden hush to all conversation, and heads turned sharply in our direction. Chauvelin stood rigid until the conversation started again. An excited buzz. You... You will regret that, madame. Uh, I, I think you'll regret it if you don't move away, Chavalon. No. No, no. I will go to Percy. I, I have no right to make a scene. Please, escort me to the door. To think that he dare to approach you after. It is all right. You you must apologize to the prince for me, though. I, I was not equal to the occasion, that is all. May I escort you home? No, however, if, if you will call for tea tomorrow at four... I will find the address from Lady Forbes. Good night, madam. Good night, monsieur. And thank you. Begley, what the devil was all that about? That was the Marchioness de Van. I know, I met her earlier. Oh, beautiful thing. That black hair, lovely olive skin. Dark eyes, full of fire. But why did she slap Chauvelin? He is fortunate it was only a slap. Troops under his command murdered her husband. For some reason, the hours until 4 p.m. the next day were among the longest in my life. But finally the hour came to present myself at the home of the Marchioness. The visit was breathtaking. The decor was worthy of the palace of Versailles. Everything was exquisite, but not so exquisite as the woman it surrounded. May I say that your taste is admirable? <laughs> Please do. A woman never resents a compliment. Your people here have done so much for me. I want to live again, and... And being a woman, I hope someday... To be loved again. She was close to me. Her dark eyes were full of yearning. I reached out for her and she came to me softly. I could smell the perfume of her hair and I bent my head forward and kissed her. Oh, oh please. Let me go. I'm sorry, madame. I was presumptuous, but... No. No, do not apologize. It was... It was not the kiss that disturbed me. I, I, it, was, it was just too soon, that is all. That kiss I enjoyed. I should have been more considerate. Let us call it a kiss of friendship. Come, let me pour the tea. Oh, your husband's crest. I recognize it on the silver. Yes. And that's a beautiful ring you're wearing. But a different crest. I've seen that crest before. A locket ring, isn't it? Oh, no, just a large stone, only semi-precious. It is not really mine. A friend gave it to me. Do you know Lady Forbes well? I find her quite charming. Oh, a delightful lady. That crest. Oh, oh, 
I'm so sorry. So clumsy of me. Did, did you get wet? No, no, please. Please do not disturb yourself. I, uh... Kissing you has disturbed me more than I thought. You must think me very bold to say that. I cannot think of anything I would rather hear you say. Oh, the perfect. Madame, I... No, no, don't say anything. Just hold me. Oh, it is good to come fully to life again. To have hopes again. And dreams. I know. One should not mourn forever, should one? Especially when one has memories that are happy. <laughs> do you know what I am going to do? No, what? I am going to give a party. My first party here. Oh, good. My party's with a toast of Paris. You will see. Will you come? Of course. It will be gay, I promise you. And I will be gay, too. For you. I will invite everybody. You will help me? Yes. <laughs> You're suddenly like a child. Oh, you do not like me? I did not say that, madame. No, no, no. You must not call me that. Call me... Adrienne. Adrienne. I was hypnotized. Thoughts of Adrienne Van haunted me night and day. I became a messenger. I ran errands for her during the preparations for her party. Then one evening I went in to drink with Tony Dewhurst and other members of the league. <laughs> Gentlemen, a toast to our leader, Sir Percy Blakeney, who finally succumbed to the arrows of French cooking. <laughs> Go ahead, you idiot. Laugh. You're jealous because none of the ladies at court will give you a second glance. Who cares about the ladies at court? We're all too engrossed with the latest pizza, the Scarlet Pimpernel. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about it, Kent. Well, it's an almost unbelievable exploit. Carried out single-handed and in broad daylight, the Pimpernel was actually seen smuggling a boat of silk to a seamstress. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I've had enough. You win. Ah, uh, come on, Blakeney. Tell us about it. It's none of your business. Oh, frankly, oh boy, I've decided that you're a fortune hunter. I've told her rooms are done like a palace. No, 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 he's not a fortune hunter. He's just a victim of witchcraft. She put a love potion in his tea. Oh, all right, that's enough. Leave him alone and have another drink. <laughs> How about you, Blake? What if, uh... Oh, what's the matter? Something that Kent just said, I... Oh, come now, don't tell me you're going to take offense, you little chidey. No, no, I'm not offended, Tony. Will you come outside with me for a moment, please? Yeah. What is it, Blakeney? What remark of Kent sent you off like this? What he said about a potion in my tea. Oh, it was just a joke. Perhaps not, Tony. Perhaps not at all. Where is that small French fishing skiff, Maud? Uh, New Haven. Why? We are crossing the channel tonight. Just you and I. Where are we going? To the home of the Marchioness at Van. You must have a reason. I have. A rescue? Yes, Tony. I think it might very well be called a rescue. Well, what do you mean, you think? Who will you be trying to say? You won't understand the answer to that, Tony. But I'll tell you. I may be trying to save myself.
Annie and I made our way to France and across country to Vannes. I felt ill and uncertain because of a horrible thought I had had as a result of Kent's chance remark. As each step brought us nearer the village, Tony's watchful silence grew more tense. And finally, it broke. Let me. I don't want to pry, but uh, what are we after? Tony, I'm not sure. If I were to tell you what it might be and I'm proven to be wrong, I'd be too ashamed. Whatever it is, Blakeney, I, I can't help being aware that it concerns the Marchioness. Yes, it does. This, this isn't a complaint, understand, but this country is on the verge of starting a war with us. We discovered that the last time we were here, and getting in and out is very difficult, increasingly so. I hope this isn't just some romantic notion. No, no, it isn't. I'll explain it to you. Part of it, at least. No, you, you don't have to. You, you've answered my main question. It's all right. You're entitled to know. You might very well lose your life if we are caught here, so you've a right to know. What you said a moment ago about the difficulty of getting in and out. Well, I think the thing I'm worried about began with that, although it somehow got pushed out of my mind. Well, what do you mean? I mean that we are hard-pressed entering or leaving France, especially when we are burdened by someone we are rescuing. Yes. But Adrienne, the Marchioness, managed to get out without our help. Not only managed it, but brought everything with her. Her furniture, paintings, fabrics, jewellery. Yes, I see what you mean. But after all, if her escape was made with the help of a high official, as she said, well, he, he might have made that possible. I know, that's what I believed, or chose to believe. But there was something else. What? A ring with a crest. She wore it the first time I called on her. I commented on it. She's never worn it since. Oh, I don't understand. I'm afraid I've seen that crest before, Tony. Where? Well, what kind of a crest? I won't say until I'm certain. I'll be certain after we get the information we seek. Well, what is it that you want to know? The details of the death of Adrienne's husband. Our questions at the village were asked slowly, cautiously, and without result. If the Marquis de Vannes had been murdered by Chauvelin... The villagers were strangely unaware of the incident. To their knowledge, he had merely disappeared. Even the innkeeper, an inveterate gossip, could shed no light. And why are you so interested in the missing Aristo, comrade? Why would any citizen be interested in Aristo? It seems strange to us that there is no word of him. To capture him and bring him before the tribunal would mean a large reward. Oh, and do you think that one of us would not have collected it? Had the Aristo been here to be denounced? We would uh, pay well for a clue to his whereabouts. <laughs> then cross the palm of that crazy one in the corner there. She communes with the spirits. Perhaps she can conjure an answer from the other world. I had not noticed the old woman he nodded towards. But I noticed her now. An aged crone with broken yellow stumps of teeth and wildly staring eyes that gave a strange light to her wrinkled face. But more than that, I noticed a ring. A ring with a strange crest on her withered hand. We must not waste precious hours. Come, let us consult the hag. Can you truly look into the future, old woman? Ah, the future and the past are one. What has happened before will happen again. Ah, there are colors about you, monsieur. I see red and purple. The colors of death. Tell me about them, old woman. Give me your palm. She took my hand 
and grasped it with her claws. But my eyes were on her ring. Her voice droned on in mystic, meaningless phrases. Then she made my blood run cold. Your quest will have no happy end, monsieur. That which you seek is buried deep in an unmarked grave. I seek a man. He is dead. His spirit cries from another world. How did he die, woman? With a taste of sweetness that leaves no mark. With a woman's kiss upon his lips. Poison. Will you sell me your ring, old woman? You do not have the spirit to wear this ring, monsieur. Tell me then the meaning of the crest. It is the crest of the gorgeous. The crest of death. Now fill my palm with gold and leave, because the smell of your blood is strange to me. Here. I dropped the coins into her claw-like hand, and even as I dropped them, I knew I had made a mistake. Her words had shocked me, taken me off guard, and I realized too late that the coins I had dropped were English and not French. Her wild eyes saw them too, and looked up at me. Come, citizen. The hour is late. We must go. Oui, adieu, old woman. Adieu, comrade. Adieu. Adieu. Now run. Up this way. You gave her English gold. I know. We should tell the innkeeper. He'll alert the troops. We can hide out for a few days. And reach... No, no. We've got to get back to England. No matter what we have to run through. But why? Because we're invited to a party on Friday night. The party of the Marchioness de Vannes. She, she must have poisoned her husband, Blakeney. Yes, but he won't be the last. Kill the horses. <coughs> right east. Circle the village and cut north. Up, boy. Up. Come on. Blakeney, that night she slapped Chauvelin. Yes. That night was a very fine and special performance, Tony. You mean she's in league with him? Yes. Blakeney, I know how you felt about her. I'm sorry. So am I. But what's her reason, her purpose? If war is coming, and we know it is, her mission may be simple and deadly. Such as? I'll be able to tell you on Friday night when we see who the other guests are at the party. If we get to the party, look back there. Mounted troops. They're turning this way. They're after us, all right. Get all you can out of that horse. His speed may decide the fate of us. And the entire nation. Up, boy! soldiers everywhere. The larger groups we could avoid, but we ran into skirmish after skirmish with smaller parties. It took two days, two precious, desperate days, to reach a rocky and barren stretch of coast on the channel. Let me out. I'm exhausted. So am I. How do we cross? We haven't a boat. Between now and dark, we can build a raft. By tonight, the tide will turn and run out. It should carry us to mid-channel by daybreak. Then we can just hope to be picked up by some craft in the morning. Oh, it might be a French craft, though. We'll be helpless and at the mercy of anything that sights us. Well, it's a gamble we'll have to take, Tony. Remember, that party is tomorrow night. Uh, come on, we haven't much time. I'll search the beach for large driftwood. Now, what shall I do? Seaweed showing in that cove over there. Weave it into binding. <laughs> the raft, 
and launched her at moonrise with a run of the tide. All through the night we paddled into the grey mist of dawn. I... I hope we're sighted soon by anything. Take a rest. I can keep going. Ah, then... Then I can, too. I don't know where you get your strength, though. I... I hear a bell. A ship's bell. It is. There she is. Breaking through. A fishing skiff. Look out, it spotted us. Here she comes. Just pray, will you? Pray that she isn't French. Ahoy there! London an hour before the party. We changed and dressed and headed for the apartments of the Marchioness de Van. We arrived just as the guests were going in to dinner. Ah, oh, Sir Percy, I am so glad you came. Monsieur, you have been missing for days. I know you have been on some mission to France. I have been frantic with worry. Uh, you uh, should have been. I was. Oh, but you must tell me all about it later. Rest assured, my dear, I will. The party will be lovely. You will forget whatever horrible experience you've had. Come, you are sitting on my left. On the side of the heart. Thank you. Your selection of guests is quite impressive. Wellington, Nelson. <laughs> it, it may be silly of me, but, but I love military men and uniforms. They dress a party so well. And uh, defend the nation so well. Yes. Ah, here we are. My lords and ladies, may I propose a toast to his majesty? Uh, one moment, Marchioness. <laughs> I'm, I'm certain that your toast to our royal family will be most touching. Uh, for that reason, I'd be most honored if, uh, before we drink, we um, change glasses. I, I will share a glass with you later, in private. I am sure that many of our guests are aware of my special friendship for you. Uh, they may be aware of that, madam, but uh, I don't think they're aware of the potency of the wine they've been served. <laughs> I do not know what you are talking about, Sir Percy. It is the finest wine. Show him, gentlemen. Duke, Admiral... You will be the sound uh, Gentlemen, uh, I assure you that whoever drinks is as good as dead. <laughs> Tonight, our hostess is wearing a ring. I've seen her wear it only once before. The crest is the crest of the Borgia. How dare you? How dare you? In my own home. I will not be insulted in this manner. If you will excuse me. No, no, me, stay, I... madam. You will note that Dr. Handy has not taken his place at table. He's been off in conference with Tony Dewhurst. Tony. Yeah, Blakeney. Uh, has the doctor given his opinion on the wine? Yes. It's poisoned. Uh, now, please, please. There's no need to get excited. No need at all. Not now. Uh, madam, it uh, may go better for you if you tell by whose direction this party was given. Citizen Chauvelin. Oh. What's the matter? Uh, just a moment, please. Just a moment. I doubt if we'll take Chauvelin into custody. <laughs> Will we, madam? He returned to France this month. Oh. Well, you'll forgive me for being a rude guest, madam, won't you? 
but I'm afraid your party is over. But uh, before we go, uh, my lords, ladies and gentlemen, if you will rise, please. I don't expect the water has been tampered with. God save the king. The king. God save the king. The king. The king. of London from here. It's no good thinking about it. I know. What time do you suppose they'll bring her out? Oh, Blakeney. Yes, yes, all right. Blakeney, how could you of all people be fooled? We live and we learn, Tony. <laughs> 